Hello and welcome to the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen 2020 Preseason Power Rankings Podcast. If that isn't a mouthful, I don't know what is. It's good to be back. It's my first time back on the mic since last year. We had a great 2019 season. Looking forward to a great 2020 season. We had an amazing draft day. Only took about six hours to complete all 17 rounds. But in the end, we did it. I'm not quite sure how you guys sit on that don't make it to the draft. Did you guys sit on your webcam for six hours watching that mess happen? But you do it, one, because it's your fault you're not there, and two, because you have to. Like I mentioned earlier, before the season started, the only way out is death. So don't die, because we want the league to be exactly the same. We are on year 12. We had three new members this year make it to year 10. Congratulations. But that doesn't mean shit for you three, Brett, Jeff, Kressner, because you three suck and still haven't won a championship and won't. But either way, I digress. It's time to get into the power rankings. At number 10, there's a lot of suspense. I'm going to build the suspense. I have to address the rumors of pandering. Yes, there was some pandering done over the last nine months to say, please do not make me number one. However, this person got number 10 overall. Not from pandering because they shot themselves in their own foot. Or should I say, they shit themselves. Number 10 is nobody else besides Mendo. Even though he said things such as, I will drop kick your firstborn child or hit you over the head with an empty Tito's bottle. But where I drew the line was when he said he wanted to draft Larry Fitz. I knew I couldn't give him number one. And I got worried and even thought that maybe I would have to abide by the threats. But as I mentioned earlier, Mendo shit himself. He drafted one of my least favorite players in the league in Odell Beckham. And today, and I'm so happy, I'm so happy I waited to do the power rankings because it comes out he likes to get shit on. I mean, come on. Who is this guy? He is one of the shittiest players in the league. I know he had the fancy one-handed catches. I know we all saw it. But he is one of the most suspect characters in the entire NFL. For that, you have to end up at number 10. I hate Odell Beckham. I despise Odell Beckham. And when it comes down to it, we still have to ask ourselves a question. Odell Beckham Jr. is gay. All men do things that aren't really that masculine. I mean, look, I have on a minion shirt. And I didn't buy it because I thought it was cool. I thought it was cute. But not only did Mendo draft Odell Beckham Jr., who's on the Browns, and quite frankly, I know we all thought of him as the number one receiver, and he's really the number two wide receiver. I know the internet said it like a thousand times a day, but I had to get it in there. But seriously, how can you be that rich and famous and incredibly talented at something like the like NFL football? You're an awesome athlete. And he still let the dollar general version of Cardi B dump on his chest. I mean, come on. 
But in addition to taking Odell Beckham Jr., Mendo also took Aaron Rodgers. Everybody knows the rules. If you take a Packer, it's a good way to get on the shit list. And we have to seriously consider the Mendo curse at this point. You know, generally speaking, one of his first two picks will be dead this season. I'm now worried about about Michael Thomas's career. And overall, this team has about as much upside as Le'Veon Bell being a true workhorse in New York. Seriously, it's about 0%. Adam Gase is running New York. Think about that. Le'Veon Bell is actually going to start in the slot. He's not even going to be the number one running back. Frank Gore is getting first team reps. This team would be awesome in 2016, not 2020. Mahan is going to be at number nine. Now, I'm not necessarily thinking that your team will end up ninth overall because as league history shows, you know how to win. But when it comes to draft day, I think you let it get away from you. As much as I love Julio the Horse Jones, I think maybe judgment day is coming for him in Atlanta. And you did pair him. With the other, Aaron Jones. So it brings me to the question. We are going to do some damage in this town. Meet the Joneses. Like I said, it's meet the Joneses here for Mayhan's team. But in Atlanta, I think we may be seeing a repeat of the Julio Jones, Roddy White situation that we saw many years ago. But this time with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. But anyways, let's go back to Aaron Jones. He's a Packer, which, yeah, I know is good and everything. And, you know, power rankings and rankings online and stuff, you know, they'll have him high up. But I'm making the rankings and taking a Packer is going to hurt you. It's the rules. Now, I do like what you did at wide receiver. Thielen, Boyd, Gallup, Edelman, all solid players. But where are your running backs? You have Aaron Jones and you secured the Indianapolis backfield of Mack and Taylor. So one of them starts for you each week. The next running back available is James White. I just see this kind of being a problem. Like I said, I don't think your team's going to end up in ninth. Because I think you'll make the moves along the way that is going to make your team better. But the draft could have been better. That said, you already made one of those moves. You traded DJ Chark for Cream Hunt. This helps bolster your running backs and give you better options. I think experts would probably give a slight advantage to DJ Chark over Hunt. But given your draft, it was the right move to make. You needed some more backup. You needed some more flexibility at that running back position. You know, Mack and Taylor, I think, is going to be a viable option for you. But it's going to depend on exactly how much is that timeshare split actually. And what does that mean? So that's definitely a question we have to look at. At number eight, we have Jake's team. This is a weird one. After the draft, I thought this team was awesome. And it was. But the Fournette news hurt. Never great having the 30th pick in the fantasy draft be cut from his own team. But does this potentially help him? I guess this is what we must see. Part of me believes that this is going to be a major upgrade for him and Bruce Arian should give him a chance to just own the backfield of a much better offense. But either way, it's enough to worry about. Arians keeps saying, Ronald Jones, Ronald Jones. I don't believe Arians in the slightest. I think it's Fournette's backfield. But how much of a timeshare is this going to be? I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, there's other mouths there in Tampa Bay. 
I, I just, I'm not sure. It hurts him, and it's enough to worry about. You know, he started off the draft with Henry and Adams. Most have Adams as the number two wide receiver. Not the number two wide receiver who's into girls dumping on him, just to clarify. But he's a literal fudge packer. So you got to get knocked. You had a great keeper in Eckler. And if you've seen that guy with his shirt off, you know he's going to be a beast again this year. Even as I write this, I like this team. Still think there's a ton of upside. But my heart tells me that Juju maybe isn't that good. And that Devontae Parker was more of a flash in the pan last year. I mean, come on. Parker's been worthless his entire career. And now we view him as a top wideout on his team? How are we buying it? Also, Patriots placed Damian Harris on the IR today. That's just not a good start. But Frank Gore as Mr. Irrelevant is crazy because Adam Gase is going to make him relevant. And you did probably get the greatest quarterback of all time in Russell the Goat Wilson, just for the record. At number seven, we have the chalk god himself, Brandon Crestman. Like they said, chalk, 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 chalk. This may come as a surprise to some people. A lot of people walked away from this draft saying this team has gas. It's consistent. It's deep. It's not particularly young. But you never stray away from the best value, which is why in years past, you always do so well in the preseason rankings. But this year, I just don't love it outside of Watson. Obviously, getting Cook at seven was a big win as he looks like he's geared up and ready to play. I, at pick six, was too worried about the contract situation to draft him. And maybe it will burn me. But it was something that I just couldn't do when we drafted. But you come back and you get Chubb in round two. And look, I love Chubb. I think he's one of the best pure running backs in the league. But the contract they gave Kareem Hunt today says otherwise. It's going to be Chubb on downs one and two and Hunt on third down. His role is there. In PPR, Chubb is getting knocked. I just don't see the value in him as a late one, early second round pick. He's great as a running back, but he's not going to be involved in the passing game. That's going to be Kareem Hunt's spot. But you come back, you take Cooper, Evans, and Diggs. All solid veterans in the NFL. But again, not particularly young or without injury history. I just fail to see where the upside sits on this team. Gronk, Golden Tate, AP, McCoy. Come on. Come on, Brandon. You've been in here 10 years. This isn't your senior year of high school. It's 2020. The worst year ever. Wake the fuck up, man. I'm sure this team is going to be okay. Honestly, I'm sure it's going to be okay as constructed. Middle of the pack. Decent. Wins here and there. But this team doesn't have enough juice to take it home. It's just too old. It's too boring. Where's the fun in this draft? Where's the fun on your team? I don't see it. At number six, we have Reese. I want to first start with the positive. This wasn't a typical Reese draft where you go completely off the rails with some new strategy no one's heard of or draft 17 wide receivers in a row or draft every single member of the Chiefs offense in the first four rounds last year. But you did stay true to form to some degree and you got our beloved Bears on draft day. 
A-Rob, Montgomery, and Cohen. But you do realize the Bears had the 27th best rush attack in football last year, right? But you did make some trades. So before we get further into your team, let's talk about some of those trades. So originally, we had traded. uh, You had traded your first round pick and your sixth round pick for my second round pick and my fourth round pick. So it ended up being Josh Jacobs and Zach Ertz for Tyreek Hill and Cortland Sutton. I think after the chips fell, I give myself a slight edge. Edge is sick, though. Ain't I right, Mendo, J-O? I think Sutton was probably a slight stretch where you drafted him. But with this league, you have to draft smart, and I think you made the right call. If he was your guy, I think you had to take him in that spot because he doesn't make it back to you in round five. I'm sure of it. So I like it. I think it was the right call. I think it was a gut call. Right call. But where I lost some interest in your team was with your trade with J.O. You traded Mixon, A-Rob, and Kirk for Godwin and Connor. In my opinion, it's a fair deal. It's a super fair, boring kind of deal. You know, a lot of people could view Connor and Mixon the same and A-Rob and Godwin as same. So it's a boring trade. But you gave up Christian Kirk, and I think that was a mistake. You know, you gave up a ninth-round player that could have impacted your team. You know, I know that those middle rounds are maybe not as important, but still, in my opinion, that ninth round can be a factor. We see it year after year after year that, you know, the keepers are in those middle to late rounds. Christian Kirk could maybe step up, be that guy. I'm just not entirely sure why you had to trade away Kirk to get that deal done. I think you gave up too much depth, and I still feel as if you gave up the best running back in the deal in Joe Mixon. I have him over James Conner. He's going to be involved in all three downs. He's truly the workhorse back there in Cincinnati, and he just got paid. He got paid to be the workhorse back, and he's going. they're going to work him. But overall, I think this is a good start for you. And compared to years past, I think, you know, this is definitely a step up and a step in the right direction. So maybe this is going to be the difference for you this year. And number five, I have myself. I lost it during the draft. Maybe it was the $330 of shots we cumulatively bought. Which reminds me, somebody told Jay Lee to accept my damn Venmo. But something in the water was keeping me from drafting a wide receiver. Or maybe it was something in the vodka or the rum or the whiskey or the, yeah, all those things. Maybe it was something, something I couldn't get myself to draft a wide receiver. I started off the draft with four straight running backs and then fell into my own trap of always drafting a tight end early. I'm telling you guys, God damn it. I told myself I was not going to draft a tight end early. And I cannot, when it comes to this league, and I've had a few drinks, I cannot pass on tight ends. I don't know what it is. I fall into the trap every year. And then I draft Ronald fucking Jones, who I said I wasn't going to fucking draft. Again, same goddamn mistakes that I didn't want to fall into. I don't even know what to think of Ronald Jones right now. Will he be off my team in three weeks? Maybe. Will he be impactful? Maybe. I don't really know. But finally, I picked my first wide receiver in Will Fuller and immediately traded his rights to J.O. for Hunt and Landry. And again, as I mentioned before, flipped Hunt for DJ Chark. So it ended up being Will Fuller and Preston Williams for DJ Chark and Jarvis Landry. Okay. All right. That 
That's good. I added some wide receivers. I needed some wide receiver depth. And luckily, I was able to move move Hunt for Chark because now I finally feel better about those wideouts. The real question will be if my wide receivers can be good. Almost all of my wide receivers are second or first year with the exception of Larry Fitz. Shout out the GOAT. Shout out 17 seasons in the NFL. But long story short is I think I have enough juice to potentially make a push for a championship, but would need to hit on some of these wide receivers being much better than expected. And I can't expect that. I'm going to have to make some moves, but if there's one thing I have proven in this league is that I'm willing to make the moves come hell or high water. At number four, weird. The top four are the first four that picked. It's some combination of the first four. And the top three will be a combination of the first three that picked because number four is Brett's team. Was the draft top heavy this year? Absolutely. And I think you benefited from that. And, well, I know Kamara gave you a good scare, you know, ever since we drafted. But he's back. And rumor has it he's about to get paid. Just like you are from that legal office. And you get the best QB in the league. And we move to five points. I think the question for us will be, where do great quarterbacks get picked or did you overpay? Is the second round the right spot to have drafted Mahomes at? And I don't think we're going to know until the season plays out. Does five points make a quarterback a second round pick? I know in everybody's head, we've moved to five points. Maybe that's the difference. I'm just not entirely sure if it is or isn't. We're going to have to wait and see how it plays out. Singletary was a bad pick, as he might have already lost his job, but luckily for you, we drafted early and you got Gibson in the later round, so that was a steal. So, you know, last year you got screwed, right? We drafted and you lost Lamar Miller the same day, but this year you get a benefit, right, with Gibson going to the top of the depth chart. You know, it goes both ways, just like Odell. But I've talked a lot about juice, and this team has it, in the form of potential top 5 to 10 wideouts. Marquise Brown, Johnson, and Brown again. Hell, even Cooks has consistently been top 15 wide receiver since he's been in the league. Combine that with Waller and upside tight end Gusecki, I just like this team. I hate you, I hate Jeff too, but this team is nice. At number 3. First off, just like last year, you win MVP for showing up to the draft, buying t-shirts, and getting cream pie like a champion, but not a real champion because you aren't shit. But maybe you'll be the champ in the annual Brett Jeff Bowl because Jeff, you are number three. But I think your your trade with Mayhan paid off. The top half of this draft followed by the two-player swing on the way back was just better in my opinion. You start off the draft with Zeke, Galladay, and Kittle, the best tight end in the league. Combine that with a ton of upside wide receivers in Green, uh, Keenan Allen, Samuel, DJ Moore. I like the wideouts. The question is, do you have an RB2? I think you got lucky with the Chris Thompson thing. Obviously, Fournette gets cut. You get great value in Thompson. But no one has a bigger question at running back. Luckily for you, you just have to find one. I think Galladay was a reach where you picked him at, maybe. I don't know if people are going to view it that way. I mean, Hopkins was there. But honestly, 
I think it's going to pay off big time. I think he could be a top five wide receiver. Honestly, I really do. Stafford chucks it. Stafford's good. He's going to throw the ball. He's going to be involved. And I think we kind of saw it last year. He started to take a leap. I really think he might end up being a top five fantasy wide receiver this year. But you have to figure out that running back two spot. Um, But I love Brieda because I think he's awesome. So that helped you. And I I think he's a legit RB2 if and only if he stays healthy. Um, Obviously, we don't know if that's going to be the case. But you have Jordan Howard too. Again, you got to find one running back per week. Now, I know everybody's waiting for the final two spots. At number two, so close to being number one. I was really close. But you're probably happy you got number two in the power rankings. It's J.O. But CMC, Mixon, A-Rob is a killer start. Combine that with scary Terry McLaurin, and I'm legit afraid of this team. If Will Fuller stays on the field, I think he's a legit top 10 to 15 wide receiver, and it's not close. But will he stay healthy? Probably not. We've seen it year after year after year. He just can't stay healthy. But when he's on the field, he's electric. He's awesome. I know why you made that trade. I like my side of the trade a little bit better. But I ultimately think you crushed Reese in that mix-in deal. Because you got that additional piece of Christian Kirk, which I said... That just gives you additional flexibility. You end up with that additional ninth round pick who can, you know, flash. He can show that. He can take that leap. He can be a piece that you move in a trade. He can do X, Y, and Z. And again, I thought Mixon was the best running back in the deal. I thought he was the best player in the deal. And you get another upside player. And I think that's just really the big difference. We do need to downgrade the carry-on pick, though, with the AP signing. Honestly, the Lions hate him. So I hate him. Everybody hates on Johnson. I think Swift is still going to have the role they envisioned him to have, but I think AP eats into a lot of the role that on was supposed to have. And ultimately, we know that AP is just a durable guy. So he's going to play some impact. I don't really think I want a piece of the Lions backfield. If I did, I want Swift. I don't really want Peterson or on, but, you know, whatever. But I love Philip Lindsay, and I think he has a real chance to take over the backfield. I, we've seen him be a really talented running back. Rumors are he's improved in the passing game. I don't think they want him to have true full running back one upside of you know doing everything because they don't think he has the stature to withhold everything. But you know, as we've kind of seen with Austin Eckler throughout the years of him putting on more mass and really improving and, and working on his body, I think that's kind of something similar that Philip Lindsay can do as well. And then you got Preston Williams, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Pittman. It's a bunch of hot young players with a ton of potential. One of those guys hits, it's going to be big. But by the way, who the fuck is Chase Claypool? And at number one, no surprise here, guys. For the first time in a long time, the champ is number one in the preseason power rankings. I'm sure 
the league is rejoicing as they listen to this podcast. But seriously, this team is nasty. Miles Sanders was a top 10 pick. Combine that with Barkley, Hopkins, and Kelsey. Like, what the fuck, guys? How do we allow this shit to fucking happen? This is on the league to stop the evil empire in its tracks this year. It's getting embarrassing. I walk into the goddamn trophy store, and the trophy guy just asked me if I want the fucking usual. The usual. 12 years, I'm getting asked if I want the usual on a trophy. Somebody do something. Somebody beat this man. It cannot go on any longer. But look at the upside running backs here. Moss, Swift, Sony Michelle even. Goddamn. How do we have how does this happen? But everything breaks your way. Harris goes on the RR and now Sony Michelle is relevant. It, it just doesn't matter. Everything breaks your way. I mean, this year you weren't even locked in. You were off a 40K win at the casino. You were chasing a dog throughout the streets, but you caught the dog. I mean, talk about the good juju that you are going to get for helping that dog. It's good karma. It's his league, guys. He owns rent in all of our heads. So good luck to everyone. As it truly is the rebellion versus the evil empire. Somebody has to stop this run. But that will do it for the 2020 preseason podcast. I hope you guys enjoy. It's good to be back. It's great to get a draft in. And it's even better to get this podcast back up and running. The group chat is back. The NFL is back. COVID has stripped us from everything, but it didn't strip us of the draft and it's not going to strip us of the NFL season. So we are back in full effect. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is back. Good luck to everyone in 2020.